This is true buzz That Mary Jane Now we ain't new to this For my stoners And for my cannabis enthusiasts Never heard a show as good as this uh, Number one, it's the best Bringing in many special guests In the industry of cannabis Business owners to growers Even artists you know of So sit back and just roll up Perfect show for my smokers True buzz Hey. Welcome to the True Bud Show podcast, my friends. It's your host, it's your buddy, Jack Woltering here. And we're doing it right today. You can look right down here if you're watching. We got Unrivaled in the building. Let's go. Oren Schauble, president. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Hey. Excited to talk. Happy to have you, man. I wrote a little down so I don't forget it because you guys are doing some super cool stuff. So Unrivaled is a vertically integrated California-based MSO that prides itself on maintaining its roots and building brands for the cannabis consumer. The company has operations in California, Oregon, and Nevada, and is home to brands such as Corova, Styx, Flower Shop. Flower Shop is one of the brands, or is that a distribution? Yeah, so we, so we have brands we own, Corova and Styx, like you mentioned, other brand called Cabana, and then brands we distribute, we kind of have like a accelerator, for lack of a better word, and that has Flower Shop, Habit, Humble Farms, Life, you know, a whole bunch of brands. Yeah, the, the Cabana look really dope. Those pre-rolls, right? Yeah. Super premium pre-rolls? Yeah, it's like the, it's like the premium pre-roll in Oregon, uh, and they're super, you know, like, small batch really specific has a really unique tube uh that you know that they come in and out of and it's a really popular product in that market we have them in california too but so it's a little bit different but yeah yeah have me want to sit on the beach and smoke one just the just yeah, looking catch, at catch them. a vibe you know let's go let's go <laughs> so yeah i just look forward to talking to you man about you know what it takes and how you even go about setting up an mso powerhouse um how you find these brands how you you know build them because i know i was talking right before this started corova you know just an og in the game um and I'm excited to, you know, start talking about that. And just, I know you have a history too in marketing. You come from, you've worked in the beverage world um, with marketing. Um, then you work for the um, firearms. Exactly. Yeah. So I've been in kind of controlled products, you know, for, for a long time. So that spanned from alcohol, firearms. I was actually working in consumer and uh, enterprise drones for a while. But anything that has that extra layer of regulation is sort of my specialty. And because you, know, you can't market things the same way. There's all these kind of rules around it. And so I've just kind of gone industry to industry within that. But it all has that, that same kind of trend, which I just find fascinating. It's like it's an extra level of challenge. Uh, and it's an you know, interesting particular skill set. I love that. And I, and I, the creativity that goes with that too, yeah. you know, cause I'm always thinking cannabis is like this, but I forget about these other industries like alcohol and, you know, the gun industries too, that are just same model in a way. Um, so how, how long you, let's, I guess, kind of take it back a little bit. How long, when, when was your start to cannabis and how did you fall in love with it? So I came in, uh, so I came into this particular business about three years ago. Uh, you know, like I've, I've smoked cannabis since I was younger. Uh, I grew up in Hawaii where it's, almost, you know, ubiquitous, right? Uh, but never thought, you know, in a million years to be something I'd actually be working in or working in the industry. And I, I kind of saw it growing over time. Uh, some of my friends had started uh, a company called Letterman in Oregon and maybe five years ago. And I was kind of watching them grow. Uh, at the time, you know, they were forming that. I had thought about kind of jumping in the mix with them then, but I just had uh, my son had just been born. So I was like, all right, isn't the time for big change? Thank you. Uh, and, you know, you know, I kind of watched what they were building. Uh, as they began to get bigger, you know, it was it kind of became obvious. I was like, hey, this industry is, even from where it's at now, you know, five years, 10 years in, it, it still has so far to go. And I was like, this is something that I'm both personally passionate about, I think is going to change the world. And, uh, you know, just want to make sure I could, you know, get in the mix, uh, really, you know, be a part of making sure that that's done in an interesting and authentic way and, you know, and, and be passionate about Because that's the biggest thing when you're finding a vocation, right, is what gets you excited to go to work every day and talk about things. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm the same way. That's why I, I was like, I love cannabis. And that's how I started doing content and stuff. I was like, I love film. I love cannabis. Let's do it now. And now I'm deeper in the trenches, you know, doing the sales deal with it. So now yes. in your consumption, what's, I know you got all different types of products. I'm excited to dive into some of these I haven't tried before. Do you have a preferred method you like to do most yeah, so of the time? I, I really like drinks. Um, I don't drink any alcohol. And so I've been, you know, it's not the biggest category, but uh, I, I tried through a lot of the beverages. I really like the the Wonder drinks. They have like a Delta 8 and, and THC version that I really like. Uh, and I also like uh, like the tinctures and the shots. Uh, we have a product, one of the ones we have up here called the, the Black Bottle. That's a, uh, it's a thousand milligram tincture, but it has CBN in it. It's just a great sleep aid. Uh, and I just, you know, I have really found that it's a great, like natural version of sleep, but honestly, like, I consume kind of across categories and, you know, I feel like, especially when you're in the industry or when you're involved in purchasing decisions for a dispensary, uh, you kind of have to really be in the mix and understand what that experience is. Otherwise you're you know, picking things for consumers that you might not understand. Yeah. And that's, that's a very interesting point. And there's so much, there's so much in the market. So much. And it's <laughs> like, and that's where the, you know, just talk about beverages for a second too, because that's kind of been my world for the past year. It's a really interesting time too, 
for the cannabis beverage world. But I'm the same way. I like it all. I believe in having like an arsenal, if you will, kind of like set up like this. Like, what am I feeling to yeah, do I, today? I think uh, you know, beverages is interesting because it's almost like a Trojan horse in that, I don't know, you know, you look at, you have to buy everything through a dispensary now. Beverages aren't naturally made for dispensaries. A lot of them don't have a lot of space. It's not something you're casually buying, like a six pack of something on your way out for a night. You're stopping by the dispensary. But when eventually I could see that really easily being sold in grocery stores or liquor stores or in existing infrastructure in a way that it would be harder to be selling concentrates or, or kind of other categories. And so I think that's a really interesting one that, uh, you know, when we look at where does cannabis live beyond the dispensary world in 10 years or 15 years, I think beverage is going to be a big part of that. And especially with multiple cannabinoids, whether it's Delta-8 or, you know, C, uh, CBD and THC. And I, that's just fascinating to me. It's still super early. You know, they're only like 2% of the mix of what we sell in our stores currently, but uh, I'm, I'm excited about it and excited about those ideas. For sure. And I'm, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens when it does grow out because I have the same thought. I'm like really just paying the dues right now to understand that world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting time, man. Um, now tell me a little bit about your guys's um, flower because that's what I've had the most, the Corova flower. I was smoking, I believe it was garlic cookies last. Nice. Um, so that's all, you're all vertically integrated in-house there? We are. We haven't always been. So basically uh, when Corova flower started, we had a uh, some partners who grew just for us. And, you know, we uh, eventually they this was at the very early part of when you know legalization happened It was one of the first packaged flower brands on the market. And then I think when some of those uh, growers for us began to start their own brands, it, it, we kind of had a like a storied history of, all right, we have you know, these partners, we've moved in and out of them. And then we recently vertically integrated again about mid last year, got our own grows, uh, you know, up and running. So now we have two grows in Oakland, California, which is where kind of Crobo initially started. It was in the Vallejo, Oakland area. Um, and we just really focus on, you know, high potency strains. High potency is kind of Crobo's you know, core you know, value proposition is, hey, kind of no matter what form factor we have, we're be pushing the limits on, on potency. Uh, but also we, you know, try to really keep a mix of interesting strains in inside of our, our jars. So we have, we have two lines. We have the just standard Corova jars and we have what's called the Unrivaled line, which is either, you know, really high percent THC or really kind of high terp content. So we kind of focus on the higher end there. That's what you see in the box. Um, but one, one thing we did really that, uh, recently that was really interesting um, on the flower end is we did a collaboration with a, a local grower in NorCal where it was all land race strains. So kind of original sativa strains like chocolate tie, lamb's bread, Durban poison, some of these kind of originals because classic strains are, are kind of hot in the market right now. And we found this really unique uh, grow. And, and so we were able to kind of take this concept and bring it out to market, a little bit of a different look on the jar. And, and consumers really loved it. So it's not just, hey, we're putting the strains we grow into the jars. We're, we're trying to do interesting things that, you know, play into what's happening in the times or a new experience for the consumer, something exciting when you walk into the dispensary. It's like, all right, uh, you know, everyone's always asking, you know, what's new on the shelf or what should I try? We want to give bud tenders a reason to recommend Corova. Hell yeah. And that, and that makes me so happy that you guys are doing that because those old strains are, are hard to come by. And having, you know, a company as prominent as yourself, you know, producing those is big because, you know, I mean, I know potency is really important and that's a big focus of your guys' stuff, but I like how you said the terpene aspect as well. And I do, I have had, what, what is it, the thousand milligram brownie you guys used yeah. to do? You guys yeah. still do those, right? But it's just Delta 8. Exactly. And that, that's that package right over there on okay. the right. Is it the Delta 8? So we, we call it the Biggie Cookie now versus it used to be the, the Black Bar. So it's a thousand milligrams THC. This is a... Uh, you know, it's kind of a workaround for now. And Delta 8 is obviously a very different compound, but, uh, you know, we still do that. But in Arizona and Oklahoma, we still have the the black bars and now an ultra black bar, which is 2000 milligrams. And those are really, you know, that's a certain type of customer. A lot of it's for medical patients who really just need the maximum amount of pain relief. Uh, you know, it was, it, we kind of cross over that that halfway between the lifestyle customer is really interested in Crova, what we stand for and the interesting things we're doing. And then there's a high potency consumer that is really looking for it for pain relief in, in their day to day. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the mix there myself um, when buying it because, yeah, I, I do love the high potency and I see that value there because I'll buy RSO every now and then and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And the tincture, too. Um, I actually haven't had your guys' tincture, so yeah, like I'm excited a, to try it, that. It's a nano tincture. I'm really fascinated with uh, the nanotechnology. And for, I guess, those who don't know or are listening, you know, it's a uh, it's rapid onset. So, you know, 15 minutes, you're kind of really feeling the high. And so, you, you know, we had uh, done this... Uh, I guess that technology hasn't been explained super well to people who understand, oh, I have to wait 60 minutes. I don't know how high I am. I really like that controllable experience. And some of those that come on uh, these rapid onset nano emulsified products, they'll come on too fast. They'll go too slow. We, we kind of worked hard to formulate 
you know, uh, like the right thing for that black bottle. And now we've actually brought it to, uh, we did a thousand milligram hot sauce. It was like our seasonal product for the winter. Good work on that. Yeah. So yeah. I've seen that all, I've seen that all on social. I'm like, I was talking in a podcast the other day. I'm like, you guys, the, the, the whole launch of that was amazing. So. Well, it was just kind of natural in that like, we were looking at it. What's a product? We always ask, what's a product we would use ourselves? You know, we have a, like one of the Krova taglines is if, you know, if we don't smoke it, you don't smoke it. And, you know, uh, and it goes the same for edibles and things too. Is like, what would excite the team? I know for that one, like I use that product all the time. It's great. It's like easily dosable. It's the right amount of things. It tastes great. There's like a Tapatio ish version, you know? Uh, and so it's funny to see how natural that, that kind of, you know, went people gravitated towards it. They used it. So you go, Hey, this is actually an experience by the end of my meal. You know, I'm high, I'm ready for the next thing. You know, it was, uh, it's interesting. And I think what it set it off for me too, is cause I've seen, you know, I've seen other people, you know, do hot sauces, but not like you guys did. Yeah. So it just, oh, I, I need to try it, but I'm just like super pumped when I saw that. Like I said, just, just the look of it, everything about it is super clean. Yeah. Man. I was, I was going to say, I wanted to bring one today. We, uh, we sold out of the run that we had just done. So they're all, they're in store nice. still, but our, our wholesales, uh, we, we were surprised. That was one where I was like, especially at the first, the first week or two, everyone was like hot sauce. And then now, you know, it's like six weeks later, it's like, all right, it was into it. So I think we're going to, maybe we're trying to spin out a new flavor for, for, for 420. We'll see if it happens. Oh, we'll, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll definitely keep an eye out. that up <laughs> because yeah, it's just, it's just like a staple to have in your pantry. Yeah. Just have your little infused hot sauce, whatever yeah, else it, you got. It lasts yeah. for a long time. It's, yeah. it's interesting. And I like, and that's rapid onset too. So it's like, uh, it, it's interesting to be able to say, all right, you know, especially with food, you're always like, well, what's my dosing like? I really love just knowing where you're at, especially with something like a hot sauce where it's like, I'm 15 minutes in. Okay. I'm feeling good. Oh, I will need a little more. Okay. It's too much. Like that's a big part of controlling the cannabis experience. And, and that's why I do love the nanotech too, because I'd be talking to people and like you're saying, people get worried about edibles. Like, no, never doing them again. Or I'm <laughs> yeah. so scared. I'm like, it's only, I'm like the beauty of the drinks or tinctures is you can literally take it little sip by sip or drop by drop. Like you're saying to feel the right effects and i think that's the beauty of it too whereas you know people who smoke sometimes if they have even a couple puffs like my girl will just kind of get a little yeah a little too a little, little loopy out there i think that's where the future goes is that half of the experiences will be more experimental like hey i just want to have a good time whatever happens happens i'm gonna smoke some flour and half of it's just gonna be super controllable like you're, you know from a wellness perspective or a pharmaceutical perspective it's like this is the right dose this is the right dose for me based on my tolerance or body composition or whatever the science leads it i think that's kind of what we see in, in 20 30 years that's a big part of the excitement is just seeing this industry is so much more encompassing than uh, you know just uh if you look at like the alcohol industry is, is essentially for, for pleasure, right? But the cannabis industry is for pleasure, for just overall holistic wellness and for pharmaceutical medical conditions. And that's just like what other thing is so broad reaching and can impact you know so many different people. It's really exciting. Yeah, that's so true. And and I will just do a little shameless uh, plug here with this uh, koan, man, where uh, precision calibrated cannabis. But when we're talking about the precision um, of having and knowing what you're getting, is really important and that nano tech and um i felt bad because i took one if you want if you want one feel free to grab <laughs> yeah. one or i got another type for you yeah too. maybe after the uh maybe we're, after the after the pop you said that those are six milligrams yeah these maybe? are six milligrams we have calm that's like one milligram thc 15 milligram cbd um and just really playing in with the terpene profile so we'll do test groups and send them like five different bottles um with different terpene counts <laughs> and get feedback from let's say the group of 30 see what they think change the formulate it that way because i never realized how important terpenes are until the past couple of years um for the longest time just growing up in legal states jersey and kansas i would just be like bro like people would just be ma saying names yeah, it's just weed i'm like yeah, yeah exactly just, <laughs> yeah. just give me some weed man and now that i've been getting into the getting into it more and even for a while too i didn't know a lot of people don't know what they're getting when i'm yeah. doing pads and dispensaries and stuff i'm like do you know what's in your um edible you're eating they're like no, no. And I just taste good. Or... It's so early. It's such an early level of adoption. And it's so much information. Like, what else are you buying? We have to learn about all these different levels. But I do encourage anyone, you know, listening or anyone who's going through that experience to really, you know, either engage with the terpenes that you're getting. Like, if you have, if you get a flower, like, Google it, you know, write down what the terpenes were in it how it like impacted you and it's something we're actually looking at for some of our stores was maybe we'll have like a little journal that we can give to the customers that you know always come back and are really engaged with their bud tenders and talking about their experience because if you start to figure what terpenes give you what effects that's why i love kind of what you're doing with, with the brand saying hey we're trying out these different combos because it is kind of different for individuals the more you can learn about that find that combo for you this is what makes me calm this is what reduces my anxiety is it's it is that terpene profile and if once you recognize that it's like unlocking a superpower yeah Totally. I love that. Yeah. And we are, we're just at the like infancy of it in so many ways. I know there's countries that are a little ahead of us in terpene research, but we're, we're really going to get it, man. And um, it's, it's a beautiful future yeah, ahead. It you really know? is, man. It really <laughs> is. So if you're cool, I'd like to kind of like 
I know we've mentioned some of these, but yeah, if, if you're cool with kind of going through a couple of these yeah, uh, products, it. so it's um, so that sticks on the left there. Yeah, so sticks on the left. Sticks is a uh, it's a pre roll band we have. It's the best selling pre roll in Oregon. This is actually one of the blunts. Um, but why I like to, to kind of bring this up is really what we uh, focus on in the sticks experience is consistency. So we have a uh, like a, a, a patented process we use for how we we mill the flour and we kind of engage in the actual rolling of the pre roll. We do a ton of them. I think we're at we're coming up on 3 million of them total now. We did the same thing with the blunts and kind of uh, you know, ran through it. And uh, yeah, we just wanna make sure that every time you buy a pre-roll that you're getting an experience that kind of that you believe in. So these are huge in Oregon. Um, we, we sell a decent amount in California as well. And uh, yeah, I'm super excited about it. And just also, again, having that consistent experience because that's one of the things that I think when all of us got started in cannabis, nothing was consistent. Now a lot more is, but uh, that was you know something we really care about with that brand. Yeah, I like I like that a lot. And the, the roll on it felt nice too. Yeah. It feels feels really nicely rolled, um, and then uh, yeah, so we're kind of rolling down. We have the unrivaled flower right next to it, um, and so yeah, again, that's kind of our high end, thirty percent plus Ooh, testing flower. Oh, shit, the yeah. banana macaroon. I've never had this. Yeah, it's one of my it's one one of my favorites. Uh, it's with the you know we have our own grows, then we have uh, two or three partners that we've kind of worked with for the long term, and that's from from one of our partners that's done a few of the uh, like they did our Utopia Haze and our Red Dragon, which are, are really popular, and they also do our, our banana mac. Um, Nice, nice. Um, little side note: Is, is there like a um, kind of backstory on the on the um, the lo the um, logo or the um, yeah there the is artwork? Yeah, so you know, Kurova is cow in Russian, uh, and so it kind of kind of attaches to that. But uh, there's a lot of lore behind the brand from the the, the Clockwork Orange um, you know, story, and so it was just something that the original founders of Kurova and the, the people on the team were really into and kind of uh, leaned into, and sort of became ubiquitous as a symbol for high potency when you know in the beginning of the industry, and uh, you know we, we've kept with and looking now. There's different rules in all the different states, so yeah, hey, we can't have that same cow in Oregon, in Washington, you can't have any animal. And oh so really? Kind of, yeah, there's That's a whole. That's trippy. Uh, yeah. Well, and then so you, you'll see as we look at some of the other products. <laughs> like, I, I had no idea. This is the shipper for our extract where we have what we call the trippy cow, which is the cow without any human features. <laughs> you know? And so we, we found our way to kind of uh, you know, keep the brand together and keep that identity okay, and play over time. That's a smart move right there. Yeah, sure. yeah. And then this is, you know, just an extension. This is what it comes uh, like our, our extracts come in when they come to a store. It's just one of these kind of shippers. Uh, and so just a little bit of kind of the behind the scenes of everything that happens in the brand. We want to make sure everything has that branded experience. It feels premium across the board. You know, like the, the, the cow print and the spot gloss, just making sure we kind of permeate the brand through whether the experience is on the back end for an inventory person checking it in or a bud tender putting it on the floor or a consumer taking it home. We want to establish that consistency. And that, and that's awesome and that, that you guys can do that too, especially, you know, having that whole vertical integration and having that power because, you know, just hearing like horror stories from, you know, buyers and stuff and shipments coming in and they just don't want to mess with the brand again. Like, okay, that was some good shit, but I spent like two hours figuring out how to tag it and whatnot. So like, yeah. that's, that's the big and key to, to the fair, game. We've all been through that. You know, any brand that's been around for long enough has had its ups and downs kind of, you've been through the ringer. And then now you, you learn from all those experiences and you try to put out consistent things in the market. And, all right. So, yeah, and this is the black bottle I mentioned before. So the thousand milligram tincture that has a, a CBN mix in it uh, that, that's nano emulsified. So I, I love that product. It's a great dragon seller for us. Blood. I love yeah. it. Yeah. We're switching <laughs> to a, uh, you know, it's a dragon fruit flavor. So it was kind of, kind of the name on that. I think we're, uh, we're, we're updating it to a more just, you know, sleep, sleep focused uh, just because it ended up, you know, it's become popular kind of outside of Corova's kind of core, you know, high potency demographic is people who want a great sleep tincture. There isn't anything out there that's kind of that potent, you know, that effective nano emulsified with with a good flavor on the market. So I think we've carved out a bigger niche than than some of our products traditionally would do. And so we're gonna kind of ma mainstreamify the branding a little bit on that one. Yeah, I would say you guys are the you guys are the biggest mover for sure, right? Of in, of that category, right? Of the 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 potency moving. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Damn. And it's funny the uh you know people sometimes people look at it as a small category like oh who wants you know thousand milligram products hundred milligram single products and uh it's a lot more people than you think especially because you know your tolerance rises as time goes on like i, I talk about uh my wife's experience a lot where she started off with the canned drinks at like two milligrams and then all of a sudden it's a five milligram drink then it's a 10 milligram drink like it, it kind of comes over time and so it the high potency crowd is only growing you know as everyone kind of gets introduced to it is, is eventually if your cannabis becomes a significant part of your lifestyle you know potency is, is going to be a part of that yeah, and I, t I totally agree. And I, I do run into people all the time when I'm in dispensaries doing the PADs. They're like, yeah, we, we just want something stronger. We want something yeah. more potent. And I've always been a big fan of like, I used to take a lot of like the level blends, pro tabs. Oh, I yeah. used to take um, a bunch of different THC capsules and whatnot. And this is like 
that in a way of what my goal was always to try to get pack the biggest punch in the smallest amount. Well, that's for the longest time. Ask. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we, we had the thousand milligram black bar for a long time. Everyone, once we couldn't do that by regulation anymore, because basically the regulation changed, we could only do hundred milligram packages. And, uh, and so we went to kind of mini cookies and everyone was always asking, when's the black bar come back? When's the black bar come back? And, and before we did the Delta eight bar, um, it was just like, okay, what can, what can we put a thousand milligrams into? And, you know, tinctures is one of the things that allows it. And so we've always been kind of look at, okay, within the, uh, the parameters that we have, how can we do something that our consumer wants? Yeah, it's finding that because I've seen some beverages make that move too. Um, well, they have like, uh, like they call it a tincture, but it's a, yeah, a, a, yeah, yeah. heavy hitters had that. Yeah, great. I, I love that uh, I little alcohol did, looking thing they did. Yeah, and that's another one. They did a great job with that whole release. I like how on the it says like hello, say hello to my little friends, and it's talking about the terps. It's kind of cool on the package. Yeah, it, it's beautiful. It tastes great. It's you know, it's just uh, it's like two hundred twenty six dollars or something yeah. like that. So that's the uh, I think it, it, we're trying to find those experiences, and I get it. Just like we're doing with our hot sauce, you want to put out products that are exciting in the market, get people excited. There's still consumers out there, no matter what what the price point is. But since so much of our demographic is okay i do want to bang for a buck or i am using this medically and i'm really concerned about what the cost is we still want to have that affordability level in there too yeah the whole um and, and i'm guilty of it too of course like the whole bargain shopping in a way is an interesting piece of the industry right yeah i'm like with tons of bogos and whatnot but i know i'm guilty if i'm going into the dispensary and somebody's like oh this is buy one get one by the way speaking of that i'm on your guys's email for um your downtown shop that just oh, yeah. that opened a month ago right yeah. people's um and I'm on there, and I know you guys got a bunch of good deals going on this month. I think it was like eight select eights for 35. Yeah, well, really, downtown is we're competing against the black market in downtown. There's black market shops within the block of our downtown. There's three to four black market shops That's that nice. are popping, and so really, it, it's a uh, whether even though it means lower margins for us and it's more complicated. It's like if we want to compete, we have to have kind of prices and things in that same in that same range. And you're competing against people that don't pay taxes, and so it won't always be like that. And we, you know, obviously, a lot of people come in the industry from the black market and so there's always going to be some level of relationship that's there and so you know we have to do what we, we can to compete especially in that la area where, where it's rampant so we do have great deals there at the people's downtown la dispensary and uh it's a cool event location too we, you know we have a we have a bunch of things going on for the super bowl this weekend where people can come watch and things like that and so we're uh you know trying to you know do what we can to work within the parameters we have to be successful no nope, no nope. and then you guys got so there's another one um and I know you guys got this, uh, the spot in Santa Ana, right? Yep. Is, there, is the other people's in Santa Ana? The other people's in Santa Ana. So our, our uh, the people's, the mega store is in Orange County. It's right, right off the freeway there. And so that's a, you know, just a tons of people coming into that store every day. Uh, the spot is also in Santa Ana, but it's like a headier store. Yeah, we're, you know, a big 710 Labs um, provider, you know, lots of concentrates, lots of kind of exotic flower, really good happy hours. So we get a lot more of the crowd that really cares about cannabis and people's is more, we get all walks of life in there. It's right off the freeway. It's a, it's a, it's, you know, beautiful, clean, you know, a store that feels like a really modern experience. So you get people that really want to feel comfortable in their cannabis experience. We get a lot of them to come to people's, you know, all, you know, it's, Again, all, all walks of life. Whereas the spot, people are coming and say, oh, I want this specific concentrate. Oh, I know these guys have the fire. Um, and we have the people's downtown LA, and we have two stores in Northern California. We have a store in Oakland uh, called Bloom, which is great, right there in uh, in the middle, right off Telegraph in, in Oakland, another store in San Leandro. And we have a delivery service called Silver Streak in, in Sacramento. So we've got a, a whole range of, uh, of stores out there. And, and this might be a little side tangent, but how what, what's kind of the process of you know deciding on a retail location? Is there a, like a... I'm a team behind it, or is it like so is it just licensing ways. in the area? Yeah, so basically, uh, you know, two things happen when if you're starting a new location, it's licensing in the area, and licensing in those areas a lot of the times comes down to where does the the city or the municipality that you're in want you to be, and they'll have you know green zones or really specific areas they want to build up, which is why you see a lot of dispensaries in like industrial areas or areas where you know they hey they want to bring revenue or, or jobs or people living or, or to that area, or they're saying hey we want to keep cannabis away from the suburbs, let's put it you know right here. So you see that in some cases, um, but they also, you see some areas that are kind of more open. And so, it, but location is everything, just like it is in any business. Location, 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 right? And so that people's location being right off a major freeway, and there's there's a ton of dispensaries in Santa Ana, but n fewer is visible, is just, you know, naturally uh, something that, you know, is, is amazing. And that's what we look at, too. We look at our, our footprint um, of all the different stores we have, and when we're selecting, hey, we want to buy a store or open a store, you know, there's people that are concentrated in a, in a couple different areas. Uh, one of my favorite chains to shop at is, is Haven in Long Beach, and they've got kind of this whole, you know, they're they're kind of all over California now, but, you know, they have a ton of stores in that area, and they really are just a, a destination for anyone in that area. They know them. They know there's one nearby. Uh, our strategy has been more, hey, we want to be all across California. If you're having, you know, whether you're in Northern California or Southern California, we want to be able to 
have our, uh, our hands on the pulse of the culture. We want to be able to kind of put things out and reach consumers uh, across everywhere. And, uh, yeah, and we want to kind of make sure that, you know, our brands and our vision and the experience we're trying to do can reach as many people as possible. And, you know, every company has a different approach, but that's how we've looked at it. Sweet, sweet. And when you're saying that, it makes me think, I, and I should know this when I was looking stuff up more, um, do you guys do direct-to-consumer from your website? Uh, we don't. So we, we, we're partnered with Amuse, with Corova. So Amuse fulfills a delivery for the, the Corova brand, and they're a great partner you know, for that, like on the Corova website. And then uh, we don't do any kind of direct-to-consumer ourselves. Okay, so yeah. th so people can go on your website, order, and then it'll be uh, fulfilled through Amuse. Exactly. Okay, yeah. So well, they have a yeah. huge, you know, great footprint. And then uh, same thing with Humble Farms, and uh, you know, they are uh, really prominent through Grassdoor and through Ease. So it's kind of different by brands, but Corova's DTC stores with Amuse has been a perfect partner. It's because they really understood the brand. They built out an experience that worked for it. They altered some of like, it looks different than the rest of their website uh, and, you know, are able to reach kind of all those different zip codes. And that's a business that they've excelled at. You know, we have enough product development, our existing dispensaries, like we have enough things going on without trying to master DTC as well. And so seeing some of the people like, like uh, Amuse and Grassdoor do it super well, and we got to lean into those partners who are, who are doing things, you know, A+. Dope, dope. Now, when you're in these other states, I you mentioned a couple interesting things to me, like in particular, like the low, like the cow, like you yeah. can't have animals, or you mentioned the two thousand milligram bar in yep. um, what state? Was Oklahoma. That? Arizona so, too. So is that the max you can have out there? Is too that, that's the max. And so, well, also those are medical only products. So okay. they have a recreational tier and a medical tier okay. and they have different caps uh, accordingly. And Oklahoma is only medical, Arizona is medical and recreational and they have kind of different setups. And that's that's what's interesting about this, right? Is every state is different. You're, the rules and compliance are different. You know, the logos in the packaging, you'll see a California logo, you know, on here you have to have an Oregon logo on, in Oregon. And so keeping track of all that is tough. And then also just waiting for uh, when federal regulation hits, is there going to be a federal rules on top of that? Are people going to all conform to the same rules? It's a really hard industry to predict. And that's part of what makes it exciting. But also when you're at a business our size, you know, we are, you know, we're projected to be, you know, in the hundred million plus this year in terms of revenue. You're trying to keep uh, all, all these things in mind as you plan to grow a business of that size is uh, very complicated. Yeah. And that's what, that's what I've thought too. I was like, I could see it being stressful in, a, in that regard where it's like your, your business all of a sudden federal could come in and say something crazy. And then, but I imagine if, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. And we, we do a lot of scenario planning. So, yeah, cause you can't just say, oh, it's going to be, you know, uh, whatever happens, happens. We have to kind of, we, we, we look, uh, that was what it was for a while. But again, at this size, we have to be like, all right. So if federal legalization happens, inter interstate commerce is allowed. Here's, here's the basic level of our plan. If federal legalization happens, you know, but, uh, but we have to, but you can't be vertically integrated. Okay, here's what our focus would be. Like all these are things that could potentially happen. And we have to at least have a couple bullet points of what our strategy is for each and then kind of change those as time goes on. As we get better at the things or our business model changes, we make a new acquisition or new things come up in different states. And uh, again, it's challenging, but I feel like that's the best way to look at it is what are these scenarios? How we adapt it? How does that change over time? And uh, and just make sure we're, we're prepared to work through it. Yeah, that's... um. It's it's nice that you guys are ahead of it. Like you said, at your size, you got to be you know yeah. ready for everything. Any at the, at the drop of a pen, ready to yeah. It's it's a lot, <laughs> but that's what look that that's what's exciting. Yeah. Is, uh, yeah. Is, and then just knowing you're building a it's all about building a culture where it's going to be chaotic. People are naturally resistant to change. This industry is changing extremely dramatically, especially California cannabis. Like products, you know, you've been in it. Products have been so refined for they're coming so fast, and the the trends have changed faster than any other industry. So being able to keep up with that. Plus the federal, you just have to build a, a group of people in a culture that are saying, all right, you know, whatever it is, sign me up for it. We're going to do it, you know, and then people who are confident enough in their ideas knowing, hey, guess what? We may get some of these things wrong, but we have to act. And uh, so that's kind of what we focus on every day. And I think we've, we've built the right group who's working through that right now. I definitely agree with you, too. And like with with your brand. So when you're looking at a brand, you know, let's let's say you're looking at XYZ brand in the future. What's kind of what sticks out to you? What are you kind of looking for? Um the brand staying true to the culture, obviously, with, you know, Corova being a big one like that. What else is important to you? Um, when... yeah, like legacy brands are really interesting, um, you know, where brands have been around for a while just because it's, uh, especially in California, where it's been, we've had 10 years of, you know, from gray area to where we are today of, of cannabis being legal in some way, is if, if people if people know them, if people have a, a nostalgic feeling or an excitement when they hear the name like that's really important because you know a cannabis consumer today is likely a cannabis consumer for life and so you know just them having that affiliation with the brand when there's so many new brands trying to trying to break in is something we've kind of really centered around is like all right let's take people who have real stories and kind of real narratives and who have kind of authentic roots and maybe they've had ups and downs 
but you know we uh, we know that customers know them. We know that they've been through all these kind of trials. Like we feel that's really important to us. And then also, do they know what their demographic is and what they're doing? What differentiates them? Like when it comes to Corova, if someone's asked me what's the difference, like hey, it's a high potency focused brand. Whenever we go into any category, we're trying to be just a little more potent than than somebody else. Same thing with sticks. You know, we're trying to be. We want to mass produce and we want to be as consistent as possible. Like what are those differentiators? And, uh, and I think if, if a brand has a story, has differentiators and, you know, and I think that's interesting, but product market fit is also the big one. Like, is it something that consumers try and then want to try again? Um, and I think that a lot of companies are still finding that because the industry is, as an overall consumers are still trying to find what's the perfect cannabis experience for me. I think it's going to take a couple of years for that to kind of fully set in. And some of those experiences may not even be developed yet. Yeah, the whole and the just the array of experience and the different ones you can have, like we're saying, from edibles to tinctures to beverages, yep. straight flour. All the cannabinoids, all the terpene profiles. And that's what I need to do my due diligence on now is, um, I've been saying it for a while, I just need to get a Puffco and dive more into concentrates because yeah. I've just been such a flower head my whole life, an edible guy. But, uh, you know, I just, so many of my friends smoke it, I'll take dabs with them, but it's just like a more refined experience in that way. And then um, you can also hit that super potency with that too. So I'm curious yeah. what you guys got here. So we do. So we have a, so we, we do have a, a concentrates line that we're really proud of. And so we do both cured concentrates and we do live, live resin concentrates. And, uh, and so a lot of this for us was just about kind of matching up the, the strains and these kind of like, trying to find unique, interesting strains, interesting ter pro profiles that, that our customers would love and just making it a reliable experience. So our top two movers inside the concentrate category are batter, uh, which is just like we found the right you know, consistency, it, they're super terpy. And so I think consumers really, really like it. Um, and then shatter is also really big for us, which is just more of a kind of a throwback experience to kind of early cannabis. And we found a way to kind of, uh, we, we since you know cured extracts are made from trim, we're using some of the, you know, it's the same material that's coming from our, uh, our flower. And that's actually being put into into those so the strains are able to match up the experiences are able to match up so you can say hey i love corova's gizmo i love their red dragon i love their alien blackout whatever it is i can have that same experience and a concentrate in a way that you know if you want to do that in a live resin standpoint then you're having to grow entire fields of that genetic which might not be good in in the fresh frozen form or there's a kind of whole bunch of logistics that come with it but uh yeah and we actually did something on the potency play uh we did what we called uh diamond shatter which was it's just super high thc like it was almost white uh, uh, sh uh that's crazy when you see that so and and it was like one of those where it was hard for us to get it right consistently and when we did we would kind of drop it and we're, we're we still kind of work through it when we have we have it right but we're always trying to find that way uh like working with the labs to kind of push the limit on, on what's interesting but yeah concentrates is is where a lot of the consumers graduate to like i love the uh I love the concentrate experience. I've had bad luck with my, my Puffco's, like all of them have broken. I'm not the kind of guy who can repair that. They cost a lot of money. I'm not gonna consistently uh, work through those issues, but I'm sure that that user experience will, will get better in a few years, but it's just a really pure form of cannabis. It's funny, like, I feel like taking a small dab is more like drinking a nice coffee than like, you know, than getting really high. It's a really interesting experience. And I think that all these things are gonna be, you know, consumers will be much more approachable as the form factors change. Cause whenever someone like whips out a torch Inherently, 90% of people are like, eh, yeah, I don't know if this is for me. Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys, um, I, I think I saw one of your other, one of the brands apart from Corova does vapes. Have you guys ever dove into the vape world with uh, Corova? We do. We, we have, a, we have a, a lineup of vapes that mostly we sell within our own stores, uh, but that have kind of a really specific strain lineup that, uh, that we're, we're really proud of. It kind of matches some of our original um, original flower lineup, but it's not a huge category for us. You know, we are, uh, you know, We've, we've tried a lot of products, tried a little things on the market. And I think that, you know, we know there's people who just have an incredible vape experience. That's not something we could replicate. And we obviously have a lot of SKUs already. So it's not something we're taking super seriously. Yeah, I think it's still on like the rise vaping, but I also feel like it's an interesting time for myself. I've no vape way less, but I've seen too. I feel like when I'm just in stores, people buying less vapes and whatnot. Yeah, it's it, an interesting it market. It, you know, I will post the kind of vape crisis. Yeah. It dipped significantly. You know, we kind of watch the, I look at the mix in our stores, how much percent of what changes. It's actually gotten back up now to about similar to what it was prior. Uh, what excites me about the vape category now is I think it's it's changing a little bit to almost what the e-vapes are like. There's a, um, there's a brand called Superb, S-U-P-H-E-R-B, that has these big tank uh, vapes. They have like a, a live resin vape in that with like a big battery with the multiple controls. It looks almost okay. like one of the larger kind of e-cigarette rigs. And I, we, we see a lot of kind of the, the headier customers in the shop who are kind of really into, you know, the cannabis, like leaning more to that. And I really like that approach. I think that, you know, really being able to customize your high and the temperature of it and these vapes where it's like big enough tanks, you can kind of get a big cloud is, is going to be interesting for that more 
a really high-end consumer. Um, but then we see a lot too where, you know, for, for a new generation of cannabis that didn't grow up smoking it and only having the weed flavor available, for them, vape and, and jewel is like synonymous with the, the cannabis experience. And I think that's why Stizzy and some of these brands have done so well is they've had this perfect, like Stizzy has perfect product market fit, right? Their yeah. customer loves their product and you know, it's exactly right for them. The battery experience is right. The flavor experience is right. And I think that that's the kind of thing that vape allows that any other category still has to, to figure out, you know, and it has a lot more time where they're going to actually have to engineer that to get there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and well, that's a super good point too about the popular and just in terms of the popularity, because so many people, even when I go back home and I see my like younger sister of, over the past years and her friends like vaping, you know, jewels or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how many people you see, how many people have a vape on them at all. Do you vape uh, nicotine? No, I don't. And I've never um, even been like really been in the cannabis vapes either. I really like the 710 Labs HTE one, but again, like, I, yeah, I'm not like consuming. It's great if you're the kind of person who's consuming all day, you know? And, uh, I can't like keep up with the job and also do that. And so, uh, but I think if you are that, like the vape is the, is the right experience there. So you're kind of an end of the day type consumer. Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. the same way, except working in beverage, I will say I have started to do more microdosing, more stuff like I had here or, you know, just little bits. Cause I was, I was kind of a, not a hater, but I was kind of a doubter in microdosing for a while. Just having less potency. I'm like, there's no way I'm gonna feel it. But the more I get into it, you know, like you were saying, messing with the terpene profiles and stuff is interesting that what you can really feel, it gives you a little upbeatness or maybe a little focus, whatever it is. It could be interesting with the lower potency plays. Yeah, I use the sports recovery products like pretty actively. Like Buddies has a roll-on and Pop-On Barclays has a has a cream um, that I, I use a ton. That's something that's right in the morning because I don't feel high from it. I just feel relief from soreness or from working out or any of that, that kind of stuff or just soreness from you know, getting old. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and that is, uh, and I think that is a really interesting. Like I love that kind of experience where I'm, I'm getting some relief. I'm not getting super high. And that's something like that I can kind of do in the morning. It's interesting throughout the day. The microdose thing is interesting. I've... Um, I know a lot of people that have experimented with that a lot saying, hey, I want to keep one to two milligrams like in my system at all times. And they kind of feel naturally looser and stuff. I haven't experimented with it. I just, you know, don't have the the right work-life balance to be able to kind of, you know, play around. But uh, I think that's interesting for people that, that are trying to, hey, I want to be a little more creatively in the pocket. I want to be a little more, you know, kind of looser throughout the day and a little more lucid is it, kind of playing with that. You know, hey, I'm not getting super high. But I'm just keeping that going. And you can with edibles or capsules or, you know, the, the drinks like, like you're mentioning. There's a lot of opportunity for that. Yeah, it's super fun, interesting time. Like you said, it's yeah. exciting, man. And, you know, just the passion behind it that, yeah. that goes into it. And you guys must have, how many, I mean, I guess you have so many, you have a bunch of brands, you know, under you. How many, like, workers do you guys have? Uh, it's about 350. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And are you based in the LA area or are you up uh, north? I'm in Orange County. We're in LA all the okay. time. We have a distribution center in LA. We have a store in LA. So I'm, I'm here all around. Um, but we have, you know, we have, man coming up on 10 facilities and so you know there's a we're always always running around yeah you're on the road huh yeah. pop popping all around man <laughs> yeah but that's that's good we want to make sure you know we're understanding what's happening because that's that's a big part of it is you see uh if you if you're a decision maker in a canvas company with how fast things are going if you're not connected with what's happening you know actually like in the dispensaries or in the cultivation or what the consumer's feeling you could fall behind so quick like a quarter is an eternity in in cannabis with how fast things are turning and to that point, I think that's very important from my perspective with um, newer brands starting out is, you know, I think a lot of brands want to start out, get their product in stores. And like the underestimated thing is that brand support, whether it's a sales rep or an ambassador being in there, like pounding the pavement and just talking to people face to face about the products, I think is kind of an underestimated piece for some brands that are coming yeah, to the market. I totally agree. And then also, how do you build on that? What we've started to see recently as we bring new brands into the stores is consumers are always trying to try something new. They're asking the bud tenders for recommendations. There's more discovery in the cannabis industry than almost any other industry that you can think of. And you're not going to the bar and saying, you know, what new whiskey do you have, right? You know, like you're picking, you say, hey, this is the thing I always drink or give me a well drink or give me top shelf, whatever. And, uh, and so I think a lot more of that happens in cannabis. But so you'll get brand new brands that come in. They see some success because they'll get in some dispensaries. It'll be a new exciting thing. But then consumers are on to the next thing. They're saying, yeah, okay, well, what's my new yeah. thing? And then are you keeping up with that? And and we've had to juggle that with always trying to put out new products and new experiences that are talking points, get people excited, but also making sure that there's a core business there of the things that are sold all the time. That's why you see Corova have so many. We have, oh, we have a Delta 8 bar. Oh, there's a hot sauce. Like These things come, they go. And they're, you know, part of just making it an interesting experience for anyone who walks in the dispensary or consumers researching online, you know, and just kind of staying top of mind. Yeah, you have the staples to, to keep you and then you can experiment more. And I like what you said, too, about how in your retail locations, 
you might have like the vapes or like some yeah. some particular do you do that with other certain strains of the flower and yeah it's a great place to try yeah. try things right and okay. say okay hey we want to see if the skew works or we also know if we put something else out in the market you know and say uh hey we, you know, we've put this delta a thing on if it doesn't work we can always say all right you know let's double down our own score stores let's refocus on what the messaging is let's uh let's make sure that we have that value proposition right and let's try it again those are all kind of useful tools in you know uh in in the market to just be able to make sure we're understanding what we're doing we're making intelligent decisions yeah the delta eight things i, I really need to like do some more research, experiment with it more. Yeah. Because I don't know a whole lot about it really. Like in terms of like I've taken some gummies and stuff and I was impressed how high I got. Yeah. Like because I was like, oh, this is not gonna be like a that yeah, you but then I wondered too. I'm like, I made that mistake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. Well it's kind of crazy because it can be it's legal in however yeah. many states and can be like shipped around. So people are always hitting me up like, Hey, you want to promote this Delta eight product gummy, whatever. I'm like, no, not really. I don't really know it. So almost not. Yeah. But... Well, there's also a difference too, between like the hemp derived stuff and then still the, the cannabis derived, uh, you know, and, and just kind of, and also the things that have been COA'd and, and what, what you're just going to get buying Delta eight at the gas station in Texas versus what you're getting from like lab tested stuff in California. But we find it's a, it's a super reliable body high. Like, I think I mentioned those wonder drinks earlier, wonder with a U they, yeah. uh, they have a kind of a good mix of THC and Delta eight. And what I found that versus other drinks is I just get, I'm not looking for really heady highs. Usually I'm looking for like just like body relaxation and that it works really well. I think there's maybe four, two or four milligrams of, of Delta eight in there and it works well for that. But like that thousand milligram Delta eight bar, if you have a piece of that, it's a really heavy body experience. And so it's very different than THC and it will get you really high just in a different way. But that's why we're still just at like it's the very, very beginning of like, what are those perfect combos? How are those perfect combos personalized for your experience versus my experience? Like all that's coming down the road. Well, and thank you for that, for helping get me on my Delta 8 yeah, game. Yeah, you're about to be on the journey, bro. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, and that's what's so interesting, too, is just, you know, the biochemistry. Everybody or edibles don't affect me or whatever it is, you know, it's super interesting, like you're saying, to, to formulate, too. And it, it just takes everybody doing the testing themselves in their own way, like you're yeah. saying. Have your notes. Like, oh, I really like this. Forever, I would just smoke so much, like, Jack Herrera strains. Or, like, I used to smoke sativa. was, like, all I used to really enjoy for a while. I mean, I loved Indica's at night, but now I find myself smoking way more um, you know, OGs and whatnot, but um, it's interesting the way, like you're saying earlier, you progress too. Yeah, I think it, this is part of building a tolerance. I think I've heard from bud tenders and stuff too. Is a lot of people start out sativa smokers, and then they want the more complex high. Yep. That you know, the, and then the they OGs end up in their offer. indica hybrid line, yeah. or they end up in their full indica. You're totally right. And there's a, like I was saying earlier, there's a time and a place for every one of those. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I'm still a, I'm still a strong sativa guy, you know, but uh, but everyone's everyone's different. I'm high energy, as you can probably well, tell. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I, I love it because I'm the same way, and I, with that's interesting too. And I've talked about this before. Is like I feel like it's interesting. Sativas kind of get a bad rap, like yeah. recently in the past years. It's like, oh, I only smoke OG, bro, or whatever. You know, which is cool. No hate on that, but at the same yeah. time, I feel, and that's why I got too excited about the land race strains that you guys are doing, bringing that. But we we noticed that that's changed. We noticed the same exact thing. It was it was definitely like indica hybrids was everything for about a year and a half. But then last in Q4, we look at our store data all the time, and in Q4 like sativas had risen about like 13 percent in okay. our mix. And so I think, uh, and whether that's usually we'd see them spike in the summer, everyone's outside, but now we're oh this is the winter time, and this is kind of changing. Um, I think it's in, you know I think it's just people really looking for. Like, like that diversity and experience, right? It's like, all right, I have this thing for this. I have this thing for that. It's so cool that you guys are as big as you are and you can have, and you can really hone in on that data. Yeah. And like, well, it's really, exciting to look at. You yeah. Know, and just yeah. be like, what, what's actually happening is, is that we want to engage with it, right? And, and is flower the biggest mover in, oh, yeah, in general? For sure. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you, you see that for the foreseeable future. I don't see completely. Any, and what's your thought on um, chocolates? Because I feel like chocolates have been on a down yeah, turn they, for a while. When gummies came up, uh, baked goods, and obviously we were a big baked goods brand, so this impacted us. Like gummies cut down on baked goods, they cut down on chocolate, and now you know both of them are a fraction of what they were. And then the drinks category kind of expanded a little bit. Now it seems like gummies have stabilized. You know, the, it seems like the edibles category you have is where it is, where you have like gummies is the majority of it. Baked goods and chocolate are kind of a much smaller proportion, and then you know drinks are a little bit are about the size of chocolate and. and baked goods combined and i think having like the og black bar yeah. um is gonna be too like you're like the nostalgia coming back too because i feel like gummies have hit the market so hard that people are just eating so many gummies and it's just people are like, i want that you know that old class i want that classic cookie i want that classic brownie because i know i found myself recently i bought chocolate for the first time recently 
and I bought some of uh, those uh, Dr. Norm's little cookies. I've never yeah. had them before. But I found myself venturing out when I've been eating a lot of gummies and tablets and shit. Well, I think it just becomes, a lot of it's about the progression of a user coming into a dispensary. Because a lot, well, especially with older customers, they'll come in and they'll be like, I want some CBD. Explain to me CBD. I want something for my hurt shoulder. And then they'll progress to, I want something to help me sleep. And 90% of the time, the bartender will recommend you a CBN gummy, right? And they're like, oh, this really works. And I'm taking this for a while. Now it's a part of my routine. I want to keep taking this thing that works and so they're just taking CBN gummies consistently. And then it's like, oh, I want something fun. And then, you know, it's, you, you see that progression. But gummies are kind of the easiest tool for that. Because even with a tincture, like I think the tincture is a way better experience for sleep, but it's still hard to approach for a new user. You're like, oh, I got a dose it. There's a dropper. It's got, how many milligrams are in this thing? It's like, that's there's a lot of that. Whereas gummies have just made that consistent. And then like the sugar and calories is another thing as well, where people go, I just want to take something. I don't have to worry about, oh, I'm going to get a sugar spike before bed. Or, uh, you know, like it's the, the gummies are just such an easy experience for that sleep need in particular that I think is just such a huge chunk of what cannabis customers, especially new cannabis customers are looking for that uh, it really makes sense. Yeah. I think you hit that on the head there because sleep is a huge one for me. Um, that's why I started doing edibles, tinctures, you know, all the making my own edibles and stuff because yeah, it just helps me yeah. knock out. Same well, and versus other things versus melatonin or anything that leaves you kind of hungover in the morning, right? Like it's yeah, it's it's uh, it's an incredible experience. It's life changing for a lot of people, you know. Even like uh, especially if you have to take, if you're taking a medication to sleep, a pharmaceutical versus taking cannabis, how much better you're gonna feel? Like that's a huge difference in your day to day life. Yeah, you, you can really tell. You wake up rested, and it's cool to you know have people try that for the first time and you know come into your retail stores and all of a sudden like you're saying they're a repeat customer that came in for sleep and now they're getting like a yeah. crazy. Uh, Nice blunt. And we're just getting started <laughs> on that journey too. Like I think we we talk a lot about how do we help people along that journey, and is it like, hey, do we have like, or is it a written book that we're helping you with, or are we trying to keep a more accurate log in their customer profile? Like how do we really help that? Because that's that's the experience people are looking for. It's a more consultative experience than almost anything that you're buying besides maybe a car. You know, it's like really like you're they're really getting help again and again and again every time that you come in. People build affinity with their bud tenders, and like and that's and we're just beginning what that experience looks like. And so that's something that we've kind of really honed in on over the next few years is like how do we become amazing at that yeah that's that's a great point too because i see so much too people come in and they'll be like hey what did i order last time and then the people pull up the ipads it gave me an idea almost if there was like if it was synced up to your personal account or something so yeah, you, you can see what you yeah ordered. before you, you can, go yeah. you went in like oh i was at people's last week what did i get oh i got you know the garlic cookies word let me get that and that's where i think like delivery companies have just a <laughs> there's so much that they could be uh, they could be doing with that. If you if you are someone who has an application or has all that kind of data out there, or people are accessing on their phone, being able to combine that with this kind of new personalized like data experience, like, like I wear a Whoop band, I look at that data all the time. And if you're giving that same data of cannabis, like hey, even just little things like do I like this? Do I not like this? Like you know, a mood slider. Can they say hey, guess what? You've had five things where limonene is the terpene that you've always said yes to, and you're giving you that info. Here's eight. You know, limonene strains. Yeah, that's, that's. I think that's a like that's where we're headed, and that's really exciting. That's legit. Have you heard of um, uh, Leaf VIP? No. Pretty cool. Um, they do. Um, we work with them with Coom, but they do training videos. So you can go on, and it will be for bud tenders. Get paid five bucks to watch it. They answer before questions and after, and then so that kind of gives also the you know salespeople to see a pipeline of people. But <laughs> there's also options for buyers as well. The buyers get paid like twenty five dollars per video. Um, and it's free for the dispensaries and stuff. So it's kind of in that vein, but I hadn't seen somebody kind of tackling the education aspect like we're, you know, we're talking about a bunch today. So it's pretty a uh, cool product. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the way things go. And that's what I realized when I first started making some videos and like people would ask for the most simple things, do the best. I'm like, I guess I'll make this video about doing this. And then it like gets, you know, people, it gets traction because it's just the simplest thing. Sometimes people just sort of in those earliest stages. And then, you know, you know what human nature is like, you, you feel awkward asking questions that you feel like are dumb or you feel yeah. like, oh, I should know this. But the answer to succeeding in life is asking those questions, not being afraid to reach out because you're going to get to those answers faster. And so, yeah, I think there's, you can never dumb it down too much. Yeah. And having that, the vibe when you walk in the dispensary being open like that. Which most are, I'd say, but there's definitely been, you know, a handful I've walked in where it's kind of like, oh, yeah, oh, there's plenty of them where it's kind of the other way. And I think that's we really pride ourselves on people. And we have two amazing trainers there, um, this girl, Sarah Mariah, who have really, they, they take it, they have like embody the experience of like, they're always asking. It's not about, you know, it, it, 
what is the right experience for the consumer? What are we recommending them? It's going to take them on their journey. It's going to treat their symptoms. And they're prioritizing that constantly. And sometimes that's a dynamic that's complicated within a company where you have a sales goal or you have another. And But just knowing that you have core team members that prioritize that and are bringing that throughout the organization is, is something that we feel is really powerful. Yeah, I went to a shop the other day. Um, and they do the, um they don't do they only do ghost PADs and this was before COVID even I know a lot of people were doing that for COVID but they kind of said a similar thing they're like it's you know we don't PADs are cool but we had too many we had the great they're great salesmen that would come in or ambassadors that would sell the product but sometimes they felt like their customers weren't getting what they necessarily wanted yeah. they were just getting sold. So I thought that was an interesting, you well, know, being a bartender is also a super hard job because people are coming in and saying, you know, if I'm you know, our bartenders, again, it's, it's all walks of life. We have people kind of all ages working in there, but a lot of them are in their 20s. They're coming from food service or something, you know, like a similar job. It's an early job for them. And you're getting someone coming in saying, I have osteoporosis. What do you have that can help me? And you're like, oh man, this is heavy. Or, you know, or I have cancer or I have, you know, I have this type of intense pain. And so being able to both train someone to be able to deal with that and then also have product suites that you know are going to work, it, it can be really rewarding if, if done right and educated, or it can be terrifying if you're like, I'm not equipped to answer these questions. Yeah. And there's so many products because I know I, I was bartender for many years and I would have to know if I didn't know the product, I would never really sell it. Yeah. You know, and I'm a huge believer in just hooking people up with samples too, as much as possible. But yeah, just like knowing the products. So there's so many in some of these dispensaries. I don't see how somebody there's, more, you can't more, know. more, 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 more coming on the yeah, market. More, yeah, more and more new, new fat. I get, I get surprised because uh, you know I would some of these uh, some of the the we have just know so much. You know, uh, but you, know, you create these kind of modern avenues to do it. And if it's a part of your job and you want to be good at it, then you know you learn it. But. uh that's where it's, it's kind of a combination of the buyers, the management team, the bud tenders, and just saying, okay, knowing, all right, what are the experiences we want to be giving? You know, how are we educating about this? Uh, we, we have a, a Slack channel in our company, you know, called New New and Reviews, where uh, bud tenders kind of review products that they try or samples that they have and share it with others. And like, honestly, some of the like listings there are like poetry, like the level of like comprehensiveness that you get, because some of these people really care. And, the people, and some people who can't write like that or aren't eloquent like that, or who don't take training in the same way, but can read something from someone they know and respect and work with every day and kind of take that information in, you can kind of see how much it resonates. So it's just finding those little tools and communities you can use to get that information out there. For sure. And I'm also a big believer in myself that I'm always a student, like like we're saying. It's such a, it's been around, but it's a newer space. There's always so much shit to be learned. Like it's Completely. literally, you, you can't learn it all. So you have to have that approach because we meet with some of these larger cannabis MSOs or other execs or any people who, where they, they have these really strong opinions about things. That I'm like, you know what? Not only do I think this is wrong. Also, I would never have this level of certainty about anything inside the <laughs> cannabis space, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, the cannabis industry, in a lot of ways, it's like Murphy's Law. Like, you know, it's yeah. like just plan on things kind of going sideways and then you'll be all good. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a fun space, though, man. It's um, kind of like nothing else, really. Yeah, I totally agree and happy to be in it. Now, when you were to kind of break it to your other industry work, and what, what was kind of a similarity between the alcohol world or, you know, working with, you know, brands like Ciroc and, or, you know, Red Bull, right? You worked with it. Like, yeah. yeah. So I worked at an agency. We, we launched uh, Red Bull flavors and Ciroc flavors and, you know, kind of a few other uh, things in, in, in New York at the time. Um, you know, then it, it, it's, it's about creating a brand and affinity to the brand and people knowing what the brand stands for. But Canvas is honestly really, really, really different. The biggest thing that's similar is just having to work, jump through all these hoops to be able to market them, saying, hey, we can't run Facebook ads. We can't run Google search ads. We can't put this content out. Just having those limitations. I think that's the, the most similar. But Canvas is different because, you know, the level of passion is just so much higher. Word. Well, yeah. Um, thanks, buddy. Um, yeah, Cannabis Man is, yeah. The, and I guess that's so true, too. I mean, I... You meet passionate bartenders, passionate people in that world, but yeah, cannabis, I guess that's the beauty of it. You have people who are passionate about it as a whole and like who are in the business, but even the consumers are so passionate, like they yeah. want to know more, curious. And it's, it's, and it's funny too, to see the different types of customers come in people know what they want. People want to spend an hour in there, but yeah, man, um, I just got the sign here to kind of give it a little wrap up then. Right. Um, but uh, that's been a good talk. Hey man, it's been great, man. What's this last thing here? I, I don't know if we mentioned it. This is the, oh yeah, so I had a, uh, this one. Couple, yeah, so th those are those are gummies. This is kind of ten count, more kind of standard gummies that we have, and this is a hundred milligram individual cookie. This one's an elote cookie, so it's like a savory corn cookie. Uh, we did like kind of a limited. Hell yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, we just again just try to keep different flavors, keep it fresh, different little packages. Yeah, a little ten count of gummies, but uh, yeah, probably the simplest of the products we've, we've talked about. Cool, man. Cool. Yeah. Thanks again for taking the time to come. You know, come to the studio, man. And I'm definitely gonna be wrapping this and doing some videos on it, awesome. showing some love, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Good to have it. Good conversation. Hey, thank you, Warren. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks.